This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host S1E1. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code podcast 21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free check it out <laughs> yes <laughs> not to be used in polite or even impolite conversation i'm sorry because if people if, if we're using words that are like so highly offensive because i know we get some listeners overseas so i apologize if anything we said is like drastically offensive um deal with the smegheads we're, we're yeah we're we're ignorant smegheads i yeah, apologize yeah. Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just its first televised episode, and ignoring anything we know about the future run of that show rated based on just that pilot episode alone. This week we're going to be talking about Red Dwarf. Red Dwarf has 74 episodes, has gone over 12 series, on originally on BBC2 and then moving to a station called Dave since 2009. Today we're going to be talking about episode 1, which was called The End, originally airing February 15th, 1988. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me as always, the guys, Gordo, Ferg, Nick, and Joe. What's going on, guys? Hey, yo. Hey, Ed. Hello. I've covered my body in complete and utter and total nonsense gibberish. That line <laughs> rings true. We watched the show a lot as a kid, and now we're all covered in the stupidest tattoos, and that line was just so funny to me. So, um, you know, to start, usually um, I, I start a little different, but I want to get into... It says I was doing a little pre-homework, and I'm not too familiar with the show. It says that there is a series 13. Of course, um, what we call seasons in the U.S. are called series in England. Series 13 called The Promised Land, but there's like one episode that I think got released in yeah, April. It was a special. It was a special because it looked all right. It looked to be like it was a whole like a like a season or a series, but only one episode came out, and I didn't know if there was more to it. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's actually categorized as a TV movie. Okay, okay, but yeah, originally. I thought they were doing a whole new... I thought they were rebooting the entire series. That's what it looked like uh, when I was looking up stuff, but I'm not familiar enough with the situation, so I was unsure. thought maybe you guys would uh, know a little more than I did. But yeah, 12 series it's gone, like I said, originally on BBC2, moved to Dave, a network called Dave, where it's been since 2009. Um, but yeah, Red Dwarf... Hi, I'm Dave. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you who haven't heard our Dave episode, Dave the Show, uh, back in our archives, I would recommend you give that a shot. But, um, it's all ball skin, Dave. Ball skin. It's Red all Dwarf. ball skin, Dave. Red Dwarf. Who Red has seen it? <laughs> who saw Red Dwarf? I have. I have. It's one of those it. shows I've always meant to start watching and then never did. So this is my first delve into Red Dwarf. Yeah, this is mine as well, and this was a show that like you guys have brought up a few times in the past when we've gone over episodes to do, and you guys have talked about it quite a bit. Uh, I never even knew the show existed until you guys brought it up. I never even heard of it. This existed for a while. I think it was Tuesday nights, but on the PBS, I think it wasn't even the Massachusetts station. I think it was the New Hampshire station, which we also got. They would do Red Dwarf. They would do yep. Black Adder. I would catch this by accident, much like the Red Green show. 
was just gonna say red green show which is a definite coming soon for this podcast um and they play all those shows that nobody else would play right and even the pbs in boston would never play anything like that and and Mm -hmm. to be fair i think that they stopped playing it years ago too like any of those type of shows i don't think those channels exist anymore no they do they public i think they exist yeah i think they just play like nova now though they do they play like nova and antiques road show yeah a lot (laughs) well to get into uh this first episode we'll start right at the um the first screen to cut you off real quick though how do uh, this is another one just like wings this is one's about a spaceship and it's not called pilot for once like yeah it's <laughs> a kid call <laughs> so we see an astronaut painting just the words red dwarf on like the exterior of this like big spaceship and um it's like and he's painting it while it's in space but uh yeah it pans out and we just kind of like uh there's this orchestra like scored music playing in the background and that's like the intro to the show at first i didn't know so i thought like this was like a scene but it looks like this is just this was the intro yep yeah uh, any thoughts on it? I thought for what I was seeing, I thought the graphics were like impressive for 1988 for yeah. that. Yeah, no, it really is for that time period. I think a lot of them too, because not to get ahead, but like, you know, when they do some of the hologram stuff, it doesn't look bad yeah. considering it's 30 years later. Yeah, yeah no, I actually I, had I that the same thing. I thought, I mean, this was definitely like a scale ship that they're passing a camera underneath, but it did look good. I mean, when was Star Wars kind of set the bar? Because that was, when was the first Star Wars released? I think 76, 76, I think. Yeah, so... That was a movie budget. (laughs) No, but what I'm saying is the technology for, like, space stuff has been around for more than 10 years at this point, so it's... A lot of miniatures, matte paintings. Yeah, like, they kind of paved the way for... It was a little bit of a a template to go by. Right, right. Yeah, so um, yeah, so then we start right in with the first scene, and we have two guys walking through what, like, I assume is the interior of the ship, and the man in the back who's pushing a cart is, like, singing, and is he's cut off by the other guy walking ahead of him, and he asks, um, these guys, um, Lister and Rimmer, correct? Like, those are their yeah, names. Yeah. Yep. So uh, we don't know that at this point, but then he asks, um, the guy in the front is Rimmer, and he asks Lister if he's ever been hit over the head with a welding mallet, and uh, <laughs> he responds. Does anybody no, else think, think that, so. um, that uh, Lister, looks like key from key and peel no but i think rima looks like dennis from. i'm sorry peel not which peel? i was get confused i peel. used to say he's jordan yeah. peel he's yeah. his key because he's tall and skinny, peels like the, the shorter key. one but yeah I don't know if that's jordan right peel. either yeah he kind of reminded me of jordan peel yeah i can see that a little bit. i can see it sure i do like this intro a lot too this introduction to these two characters really quickly because they're so very british being yeah, like such it, a British the humor is so very British right away, but you also understand right away these two people are stuck together and they hate each other. And anybody who's had a job like that understands it. Also, I really love that um, Craig Charles, who plays Lister, he's from Liverpool, so he's got that real fun Beatles accent. They're like, help us. What? <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so Rimmer wants Lister to stop humming, and then um, so then he starts to do like these other things to agitate him, like he's doing like the slap his cheek with his mouth open. Like I don't know if I can. I have facial hair. I don't think I can do it because yeah, of that. Do. Can you do it? Yeah, one of those noises. He's doing the uh, as well. He's doing all these like just agitating things to bother him, and uh, he says like if he makes another sound, he's gonna report him. So then um, after that, Rimmer asks Lister a question, and then he responds by just mouthing words, and he's not making any noises because he was just warned to not make any more sounds. So, but yeah, like as you guys talked about, like there, there's like an agitation. They're a, it's the, it's the comedy and the straight man, you know, the the classic pairing that they're going with here. Yeah, classic odd couple. 
really. You know, one's yeah. kind of slobbish and one of them is a, you know, wannabe go-getter that thinks yeah, he's higher than he is. And as they're talking, uh, we find out like they're both technicians on the ship and Rimmer was going, I think he's a little higher ranking than Lister, but essentially he's kind like of at the same job. Up, yeah. But like he was going to report him to the captain. So he goes to like, you know, like write a little note on this. Uh, Rimmer is like one of those guys who wants to make sure everything's done very properly and specific. Uh, he asks Lister to hand him, it was like a 14B, which it just looked like some sort of a small straw. It was to fix like, the, what was it, the chicken noodle soup? Yeah, the chicken, chicken soup dispenser. And uh, he's like, no, that's the 14F. And then he grabs the 14B and holds them side by side. And these straws look absolutely identical, but it's just to kind of show you what kind of guy that, you know, Rimmer is. I like to, but right when it sets up this show, like you can tell there's a degree of them taking the set design and like props and stuff seriously. And then there's the degree of them not caring at all, which I like because they could have used anything, but they literally used straws for these tools. Yeah. Like it could have been yeah. anything that looked similar, but they just used straws. <laughs> Like, they had to set design, like, these hologram decks. and oh, I was just saying, it, it just goes to show, like, you know, using something like a straw, how minute and simple it is, but how particular Rimmer is about things like that. I also feel like a little bit of this show, too, to take an English term, is taking the piss out of serious sci-fi shows. And that's kind of part of the fun of it, too, is to have things like, we're just playing with straws here. This thing is so absurd and ridiculous that it doesn't need to be taken so seriously. Yeah, and then Lifted says that the only reason that robots don't do his work is because they have better union than them. And he also reminds <laughs> Rimmer that uh, he actually ranks below all those robots. Rimmer or Lester? Lister. Lister. Or they I'm both. No, not Lester though. It's Lister. Well, they Lister. both they yes, both that's right. They both rank behind the robots. They yeah. both do. Okay. Yeah, well, so they have a better union. But yeah. Lister is like one tier above Rimmer. No, Rimmer, sorry, Rimmer is, is one Rimmer tier is above. One Lister. Tier above. <laughs> I, I take okay. it as he's they're both fuck ups, but one of them doesn't care at all, and one actually tries but always fucks up. So he's just slightly above him, where one's at the bottom of the barrel, like completely. The yeah, the way they, two, the, like, you know, where they rank. Well, I mean, and we get into it in a moment too with um, finding out that Rimmer's taking an exam to advance himself. But yeah, Rimmer's Rimmer's more like I can do. I am better than this. Like I'm going to climb the ranks. But Lister is very content with where he's at, and he's fine. He's like, this is my job, and I'm going to make my money and get out of here. And uh, they're just two different people in the same position, but with different aspirations. Yeah, Rimmer has aspirations in that world. Lister is doing this because it's a job. Yeah. And like I said, uh, Rimmer is looking to take this exam. Um, what was it for again? Do you guys? It was engineering. Uh, yeah. For an engineer to, to, I guess, advance a rank. I think it's like yeah. engineering officer exam. Yeah. So it's to advance within, you know, what they're doing. But I guess he's failed it, you know, a few times. And uh, Lister reminds him the last time he took it, he basically had a meltdown during the test. And he, he, what he, he kept writing, I am a fish 400 times. <laughs> I am a fish 400 times. Yeah, but uh, he did a little dance and he fainted. Right. But Rimmer corrects him. He says that uh, he wrote a he wrote I am a, the fish. <laughs> Rimmer corrects him and says that he wrote a discourse that was too mind breaking for examiners to accept. That was his remembrance of what happened. Not so much that he had a meltdown. And then Rimmer asks Lister if he's smoking a cigarette. Lister replies by saying, no, it's a chicken. I, I thought that was funny. I it was a stupid joke, but for whatever reason, like, it was like the, no, you idiot. Just like, I don't know. Something about the simplicity of the joke uh, <laughs> it's good, it's caught It's good me. to know sarcasm still exists in the future. 
Yeah. <laughs> the level of humor hasn't changed. Yeah, and because of uh, that retort, Rimmer is going to write yet another report. And as he's about to start, uh, his name Todd Hunter is his name. It's like one word. Am I getting that correct? I tried cross-referencing and looking everybody up as I was writing these notes because I'm, I, like I said, I'm unfamiliar with the show. Honestly, I'm not sure because he's such a like minuscule character. And as you know, the event that happens in this thing, they're the yeah. only main characters on the show. Right, right. Yeah, not yeah. to get ahead, but well, yeah. So I believe Todd and Hunter is going his on name. later on in the series. Some of the smaller characters they mentioned in this, like Christine Kachansky. Like the only reason you remember her name is because she is referenced and comes back a bunch in the future because it's like his dream girl. You know what I mean? So, Got it. So yeah. So um. So I believe Todd Hunter's his name, and I apologize to any fans of the show if I'm butchering that. But um. Uh, he's clearly like a rank higher than the two of them, and you know. So as he enters, like Rimmer stands at attention, and Lister sticks his cigarette in his ear, in his own ear. Um, <laughs> which was odd, but you know, you're getting a, again the vibe of the kind of the yin and yang these two are. They're just polar opposite people. People. Now, everybody on here, with the exception of Ferg, if I'm not mistaken, has either smoked or does currently smoke because we're idiots. Would you ever put a cigarette in your ear or did that meant did that bum you out? Because like now we live in a world with earbuds. <laughs> it made me kind of want to try. <laughs> oh, I just feel like I Q-tip my ears twice a day because I'm an insane person. Which you and... shouldn't do, by the way. What's that? You're not supposed to stick Q-tips in your ear. <clears throat> I realize that, but I also but stick stupid headphones outside. in my ear all the time, and they're getting early. That being said, I Q-tip my ears every day. It just, yeah, I feel like I'm not supposed to. to, though. I think it's generational. We just like, grew up being told to before we learned you weren't supposed to, and then we got it was too late or whatever. I'll but stop I wouldn't doing want to it when I stop finding wax up there. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself, man. I, I, you know, because of my ear problems, like, you should see the grody shit that comes out of there. It's like different Ooh, colors and shit. Yeah, so you don't want a cigarette in there first before you put it in your mouth. No, absolutely not. No, I mean, yeah, I'd rather put it in, like, the rim of my glasses and hope that it doesn't burn my hair. My as, a, as a former smoker, I can say I had never stuck a cigarette in my ear i've never thought about sticking a cigarette in my ear and i would just be so paranoid it would either like burn something inside of my ear and fuck it up or fall out and just burn my shoulder the um, only no the only thing that i could think of is if you had what what do you call them rims rims in plugs. Your ear? plugs plugs yeah so if you had like a hollow <laughs> plug that <laughs> rims you know, they rims. No, like those 22-inch spinny rims that you put in your ear. Spinners on my ears, bro. <laughs> bro, if you have plugs, you could definitely get spinners in your ear. I bet anything that they sell spinner plugs. Oh, they absolutely do. <laughs> oh, I, I bet a thousand I, I am positive yeah. those exist. <laughs> but, like, if you have one that, like, kind of goes through, that's just, like, open air rim, I guess, you could probably stick a cigarette in that with no Well, of course you could, just... yeah. You could, yeah. I will say that anybody I've ever known who's had plugs or rims, they always, at one point in a conversation, will be like, my ears smell so bad. Like, why are you laying this information to me that yeah. I do not want to know? <laughs> <laughs> I will say that not an ear thing. I don't know if anyone's ever tried this before, but as a huge Andrew Dice Clay fan my entire life, I do it to this day still, and Kelsey hates it as everything I do, but I've always tried to do the, like... Oh, the wrap your <laughs> arm around your head? Yeah. My arms aren't long what? enough, though, so, I can, like, I've, so sometimes I've... I can do it, but it's like... Do you guys remember in, like, I want to say, like, 2001, 2002, Jay became infatuated with Andrew Dice Clay and basically turned into him? I love him. I love Andrew Dice <laughs> oh, that Clay. Was that was the best era, Jay. <laughs> It was better than when he loved um, Dane Cook and turned into him, which was way worse. I wouldn't. I don't think I, I was the very leather vest Cook and the cutoff gloves walking around high school with a tooth toothpick. Yeah, the cutoff <laughs> gloves and the toothpick really made it. 
Andrew Dice Clay is like the coolest. I don't know what to tell you guys. Andrew Dice J. I mean, I love I love the Dice Man. Don't get me wrong. And I want to say that he recently developed like Bell's palsy, but he's still like producing content and posting videos all the time. Like his face half frozen. Former yeah, star of Johnny's Bananas. Yes. Yeah, I was about to bring that up. <laughs> he's oh. always been great. Also, we, gotta love a good studded jacket. Uh, as you guys said, I want to do so much Dice Clay impersonation stuff, but it will all pop the mic, so I'm doing everything yeah, in my we'll power all, to avoid it. We can't it. do the O's too much. Not even remotely funny. Fuck you, ball. How do you not really? like Andrew Dice Clay? I just like to be a contrarian. That Well, it's better than that time in high school when Ferg just really adapted the style of Roddy Dangerfield. <laughs> like, all right, dude, I get it. <laughs> oh, even in school, I get no respect. <laughs> the lunch lady doesn't give him tater tops. Oh, hey, yo. Which then turned into his obsession with Dollar Bill from Nashua, New Hampshire. <laughs> Dollar. This is the second time Dollar Bill's been brought up <laughs> on this show. Did we, did we? Did we at least explain? I don't even remember what episode we, we did, talked yeah. about we, Dollar we, Bill. We, we explained who he is. <laughs> so if yeah, uh, he you're large in our hearts, guys, if you're a frequent <laughs> listener, then you already know the legend of Dollar Bill. If you're not, you're gonna have to go back in the archives, and I can't even remember what episode to direct you to. But um, I don't remember. Do you think he's on cameo? Three. No, I think he's dead. He's probably he's not, not dead. either. He's not dead. I've looked into it, but his store got like foreclosed. I will say, I dollar... my parents went there the last day, and he was apparently pretty bummed out about it. <laughs> Glad I wasn't there. <laughs> but do you think we can reach out to him and get him to do like up. an ad for us? He's still wearing like the umbrella hat, but <laughs> yes. all the dollar bills are gone because he needed them. But now it's pennies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. The last day he was like trying up his tears with those dollar what? bills. It's raining and it's oh. like, well, at least I'm dry. <laughs> and then Sorry. the hat breaks. Our, our apologies to Dollar Bill if you're alive and listening and know how to use the internet. Bill. Dollar Bill, please we, do the Can we intros. get him and Al Caprillion on, on the same episode? Yeah. If we oh really want God. to regionalize this, uh, episode our episodes 100. as much as possible. That would be the best episode 100. That's way better than Cavemen. I can't <laughs> believe. Yeah, how are we gonna, I don't know how we're gonna bring up yeah dollar bill and Al Caprillion when we're talking about cavemen for episode one hundred, but <laughs> so but anyway, to get back to get back into this episode, um, Todd Hunter is uh, he's going over his papers and he sees uh, Rimmer has listed two hundred and forty seven complaints on Lister, including one case of mutiny, which basically uh, sounded like he was messing with Lister's guitar and as Lister jumped out of bed to like stop him, he like stepped on his foot by accident. Not to like uh, double up on the weeks as far as office office references go, but this is very Jim and Dwight. Yeah, yeah I can see that. Yeah. I, if Jim was like a lot dumber, you know, as far as his antics go. Yeah, a much goofier character. I don't think it's Jim and Dwight and because Jim was like like you said, he it's dumber. Um what's his um he's not Jim trying to he's not trying to prank him. They just don't get along. They have different personalities and one's obnoxious. Yeah. I almost compare him to like a British version of Booger from uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Like He is a very British Booger. <laughs> Who's Booger? Or as they call <laughs> as, as they call them bogeys. <laughs> well done. Bogey. Hotel Coral Essex. Yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, Lister explains he's not an insubordinate man by nature and he, he tries to respect Rimmer but it's not easy because he's such a smeghead. <laughs> and uh by the way all of this is while oh, he's like time. eating like a like a personal sized pie i think like uh, uh, <laughs> it looked like this like a like a table talk pie or something i, I couldn't tell what he's he eating like, but it was, it, was table a burger. it was in like a he had like a pie tray though but i don't know yeah, uh, maybe it was maybe it was a meat pie like a mince meat that seems very been. british I, i'm just gonna say space that's food. what i thought it was i thought it was a burger maybe he was eating yeah <laughs> 
Why aren't they all just eating um, freeze-dried ice cream? Isn't that all you eat when you're on spaceships? Is that freeze-dried ice oh, cream? The, the, the pod, the, the pop ones? No, and we're, no, 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 no. Yeah. You're thinking yeah, of like yeah, the, the you're, you're thinking of the actual, no, you're thinking of like Dippin' no, Dots, like the actual ice cream. That's from the future. That's not from space. Difference. No, yeah, astronaut <laughs> ice cream was like, it was the fry. It was like a block. You don't remember this? Like at the Museum of Science, you'd get it. it and was it was just gross. like, it's it so like gross. Styrofoam. But as a kid, you thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And it was, yeah, it just like disintegrated in your mouth. It was gross and everyone pretended to love it, but nobody yeah, did. But it was like, like a, you made someone spend all that money. It's like, like a flavored, <laughs> yeah, it's like a flavored dry sponge. <laughs> See, I remember, I don't really remember that. I remember the, the dipping Dots that were supposed to be the astronaut. Oh, that was ice no. cream of the future. Yeah, that was like, yeah. yeah, future or space. I think they called it space ice cream because they meant future versus ice cream from space, which was the styrofoam ice cream. You get well, that next uh, to the constant. You're right. Well, yeah, we'll take that one offline. If I can find some of the astronaut ice cream, I'll send it your way. Yeah, it it was bad. It came in like a very tinfoily, like magnetic. Like an MRE. It was like an MRE, yeah. Yeah. But nobody's ready to eat it. But by the way, this uh, this whole smeghead um, <laughs> like insult is this is this like popular terminology? Like the show is by by the way, the show is uh, takes place in England. I don't well in space, but it's an English comedy. I don't know if um we got really into that, but is that maybe like a insult there or terminology more used in those no, parts they just invented it for the yeah, show they invented okay it. yeah like, like grant a, and Naylor. A space insult like, all right then, I, I wasn't sure again we don't like to tip our hats too much or whatever we do like to talk about this sort of stuff so i i can't help saying that i just love this show and it's been a part of my lexicon for a huge part of my life and to this day we still quote everything about it pretty constantly including some things from this episode but one of the things i always laugh about and we joke about that someday when we're rich one of the most expensive fridges you can buy for your house is a company called smeg they're basically made to look like the 1950s fridges like the really cool like art deco circular but they yeah, have yeah, all yeah. modern features in them right so you can they, get sort of best of both worlds but they're like in my head it's turquoise dollars. is it is it turquoise i just assume it's turquoise yeah you can get turquoise <laughs> i bet get, like bright red and we've always joked but like we want one but we also really want one just because it's the fucking smeg fridge and it's so funny my next question is gonna be did you buy from that weird like um stole it next to bob's discount furniture sozio it burnt down two years ago yeah that's right and the other one closed too the other one in in somerville closed too yeah Yeah. we actually i drove by the one in somerville i mean in revere when it was on fire oh (laughs) it was one of the red invasion um we were doing those reunion shows we did a couple practices up in the north shore somewhere we were like why is there all this traffic we're in traffic on route one forever and then we were like oh sozio was just like burning down and this entire area is on fire i mean kind of a bummer proof but from what i hear that was all an inside job that guy just retired and had a huge insurance i wouldn't be shocked by that i would assume so it's an inventory of a lot of expensive stuff and you're old and you're like i'm out and then that like smeghead uh insult is only kind of like further gone by there's like superior going but rimmer you are a smeghead and that's when he like loses it he's like yelling at him as he like walks (laughs) off which i'm surprised is is insulted as he was for someone who like respects ranking so much for him to like flip out on a superior like that but uh that one really just tipped him off we haven't mentioned either that you see a couple times in the scene is Rimmer's uh, very special salute. Oh, yeah. But- oh, yeah. It's like half a Zig Hail, too. Like- yeah, it's like oh, half what, a Zig Hail. I wanted to do it, very shot floppy. myself in the face and knocked my hat off. So <laughs> that was terrible. Don't try to do things in like the mirror of your uh, camera. The mirror happens. of your heart. But um, yeah, so from at this point, um, we cut to our next scene and they're having a funeral on the ship for one of their fallen crew members, George McIntyre. 
and the captain, uh, Todd Hunter, and a handful of other members are, are all there. Captain says like a few kind words about him and how much he'll be missed. He then goes to um, commend his ashes to the stars he loves so much, he said. And he gets like this metal canister and goes to kind of like stick it in this. Uh, it's a system that would basically shoot the canister out in a space. And kind of reminded me of like when you go to the drive through at the bank yeah. and you get that tube that you put your the money in. tube. Yeah. But I did also want to point out there were points during this like eulogy thing where because I assumed it was like shot in front of a studio audience. There was a couple points where there was like a chuckle during the only serious <laughs> scene in this like whole show. Too. Too, yeah there's a couple points where you just hear like someone chuckling and i'm like it's a funeral and they're not even playing any comedy yet i like to think that that's somebody like i've done this before and i think that a few of us are guilty of this got I'm drunk and went somewhere who... <laughs> what <laughs> got drunk before you showed up somewhere i mean there's that too but also like when you know something funny is gonna happen sometimes you get the giggles before you're like anticipating it yeah well what i was yeah. thinking too because i noticed it in the opening scene too when nothing was happening people were just chuckling in the background and i bet you anything it was from like a previous blooper that you didn't see obviously and it was funny and then they had to reset and people were still laughing oh, about yeah. it it could be something like that too call, yeah. yeah good call man and then yeah, once um, we like to think that shows just go through in one take, but I'm sure there's like 50 takes. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that happens tiring. a lot. We, we can't even talk about a show in one take. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Imagine a no edit. One fell swoop. Couldn't do it. So then after they shoot that, you know, his ashes out in a space, he, they, they go to play music that he specifically requested for um for his funeral. And Joe, I don't know if you recall, but when we were Utes, this was the same song you requested if you were to die to be played. And I was going to ask, was this why? Yeah, because I thought this joke was so funny when I was a kid. I've been saying it all this time. I think that's the funniest thing in the world. This is like, I don't know if it was elementary school or like early middle school when you would say this. So again, it's weird to me that there's a show that was like such a big part of all your lives. And I've known you guys the entirety of my lives. And I didn't know this show existed at all until very recently when we started doing our show well apparently we, definitely we all watched about it, about it oh you didn't even talk. know it existed no idea oh wow no idea okay, yeah i stole this back in the back in the day young ones pull up pull up uh, your seats here but back in the day netflix came through the mail and uh i remember i took the first season of red dwarfs dvds from netflix back before netflix you know, like I said, when they came through the mail. I think I accidentally them? stole a disc of Bubba Hotep, which I've actually still never seen. <laughs> You've <laughs> like, never I re- seen it? No, that I rented movie? it and never returned it. I've seen that movie a couple times, actually. It is way too long. It's not a bad movie, but it lasts like 45 minutes longer than it should. It just kept that, fucking yeah. going. I was like, oh my God, just end already. Oh, like every Judd Apatow movie? Uh, no, nah, I don't feel like, like that about Judd Apatow, really. I love Judd Apatow movies, but they all have like a 30-minute scene that could easily get cut out. But we'll, we can move on from that. And uh, just to go back to, the- to Gordo's thing about stealing the DVDs, when I worked at that company Gazelle years ago, I think I mentioned this in an episode before too, it was like a company you just sold all your old shit back to. Like, yeah. I don't want these DVDs, resell them for me. I don't want this computer, resell it for me. Stuff would come in all the time that they would re- they would deem had no value and would just sell you as an employee for a dollar. And one day the entire, at that point, it was the eight seasons of Red Dwarf came in full dvd box set completely sealed Lucky i pulled out of a box and was like i'm gonna scan this and see how much they want for it because you can pay for stuff too if it was like a value and it came up as like the double zero thing and i was like this is only a dollar and i'm so fucking happy <laughs> so i have i have all eight seasons i like it. that methodology though we as a company deem this worth nothing give us a dollar <laughs> 
Like, yeah, give us a dollar <laughs> or toss it in the recycling bin. So I assume that you said, what, the first eight seasons? So that would be the entire run when it was still on BBC. Yep. Yeah, it was like a BBC OG box run. set. So it was like the Got first it. run of the show. Are there oh, any kind the way, of uh, special features on a DVD like that? Or is it too old for that kind of stuff? No, there still was. Yeah, there's some interesting stuff. I'll have to grab it. It's at my parents' house right now. It was I brought it over to my parents because my dad's the one who showed me this show. So at one point, I let them borrow it when they were packing up to move because they had something to watch because I think they were like disconnecting cable and everything. And then that was like seven years ago and it's still in a box somewhere. And I have to like, every time I'm there, I dig through like two boxes at a time trying to find it. Inclu- my red green box sets there too for the same reason. <laughs> All the reds are there. All the reds are there, yeah. <laughs> I, might have, I might buy this on Blu-ray if I can find it because it's not really on any streaming sites that I, I already pay for so I can justify spending money. <laughs> yeah, I think it's only streaming for free. Like if you have to get, I think BritBox is the one but you don't have to pay for that you do yeah but i also am wondering if it's if it's worth getting because there's enough stuff that might be worth it i don't even know that existed until we did this show <laughs> yeah they play commercials for it sometimes but i don't know what else would be on it i'm, I'm hoping like i would imagine like all the bbc stuff they have Adder, all of Monty doctor Python. who i'm sure all of doctor who is on there all 97 seasons of doctor who well to go back a tad the song that's playing at the funeral is the see you later alligator song uh for those of you familiar <laughs> with that song but uh yeah that's uh that's kind of the end of that funeral and as we see these Sing ashes, it. I don't Sing know. Just the you see sang you last later, week, alligator. Was it? No, it wasn't last. Was it last Sing week? It. Couple weeks. Two weeks ago. See no, you later, ago. alligator. In a wild crocodile. I don't know there any is. other words to that song. <laughs> Good enough. But uh, as the uh, ashes are shooting into space, we kind of cut into the room that uh, Rimmer and Lister stay in, and um, Lister is looking out of the window. And goes, there goes George. Were yeah. they making a play on the word by George? Because they said it twice. Uh, oh, I don't I know. Pick up on that. I don't because know. Because he said that when they send the ashes out, they say by George. And then when they cut into the room, Lister says it too. Uh, I'm not George. sure. I'm not sure. That's a good, yeah. Could be. Um, I also want to point out that when we see their room for the first time, there's this. there was a screen that was like uh, telecasting the, the, the eulogy like to all the rooms apparently. And the, the monitor that they have in their room looks exactly like a modern day flat screen television that would be mounted on a wall. Yeah, they, which they is, nailed it. Yeah. Which is crazy because it was 1988. And it's just like, it's like, this is probably what the future is going to look like. And this is one of the few <laughs> times that they nailed what the future looked like was their assumption of what television would be. Except we're not in space. <laughs> yeah, we're not in space right. like that. Yeah. Well, we can all join the space force, though. I don't yes. want to fly in his dick ship. I will say, the Jay, Amazon though, you raise a good ship. point. And this references back to one of the characters from this show who we'll get to later to talk about when we play the, like, the Where Do You Know Him From game. But if you guys, if you guys have noticed that we watch movies when we were kids, this is so rare that they get it right with one screen. Because in movies, it was always like 12 mini TVs put mm-hmm. together. Well, like, that's a like, wall yes. of little TVs with borders. Like, who thought that would be well, the way it went? That was the- them. That was like CG versus not cg right so if you needed a big screen back then they didn't really exist so you had to put a bunch of small tvs together so if that's that's what you're doing that's what you get but in this instance they definitely use some sort of cg to just project it on the wall instead yeah yeah that's a good point yeah they actually just use the technology because i mean even then too like if you i remember like when we were kids somebody would be like i got i rented a big screen tv from rent a center for the super bowl or whatever and you were like there's one angle you can sit at to actually see this thing where like you can actually tell what's going on because the technology was just so bad like the lighting made it weird so yeah so now Rimmer's quick to turn this monitor off by the way because he's studying for this exam and you can see he has notes written all over his arm which uh he insists are not cheating it's just to aid his memory 
And uh, Lister tells him, why don't you just turn your body in and have them uh, mark that? <laughs> that line made me laugh. What movie am I thinking of where they do this? He forgets himself. Memento? Memento, yes, Memento yeah. yeah. He's like mementoing his body. Another yeah. Joe Pantoliano movie. That's true. Joe Pants. Uh, yeah, Memento, so, the fresh maker. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And then Rimmer goes on to explain <laughs> that uh, the hard... The hardships for somebody like him to become an officer, he said he didn't have the right education, the right background, or the be- uh, the right parents. And Lister said, which parents did you have? <laughs> <laughs> no, whose parents did you have? It was my whose parents. parents. He's the wrong ones. He goes on to explain that um, unlike Lister, he has some ambition. He isn't content with just being the lowest ranked person on the ship. And Lister said that the Meister actually ranks lower, and he did like this impression of one, and to me, my thing with that was I think that Lister's character is meant to be an annoyance to Rimmer, but you're supposed to like him. And in this particular instance, when he did the most impression, he was annoying to me. And I thought, like, there was just a couple points where he goes just a little too far. Like, he's supposed I think that's, to. I, I agree. I think you are supposed to like him, but I think you're also supposed to relate to understanding why he's super annoying. Like, I think they're trying to do both maybe yeah because i thought he's like teetered that line like you get why rimmer hates him but you're supposed to like that's the you're supposed to identify with lister like that's the guy you're supposed to be identifying with with. with him i don't oh i mean i watched the show but he don't really only acts up like that when they're together like when he's alone you can kind of like he has dreams he talks about them he wants you know he does that in this episode too so it's like i think he's just laying it on thick because it's the pilot yeah yeah, and they're still finding their characters probably too a little bit at this point. Yeah, because once yeah. you go past, I mean, I've seen this show myself. Because um, once you go further and further into the series, you know, it, it eases up and they kind of hit their stride as far as their right, characters right. are concerned. Now, um, and, and go, to go back to what Ferg said, you know, Lister actually informs him right there that he has a five-year plan and he wants to do like two more trips on this ship. I don't know how long these trips are for them, but, and he's like saving up all his pay. He hasn't touched any of his money that he's made on these trips, like since he started. And uh, he wants to buy like a little farm in Fiji and get a uh, sheep and a cow and breed horses. And then there was a little joke there, like, you're going to breed horses. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go on. Oh, I was going to say, this is the kind of thing that comes up a lot with him, and, like, he can't not say it in this Ringo accent. And horses. (laughs) Just, like, he can't not hear it without doing the Liverpoolian. Same thing with with Fiji. He's like, Fiji. It's like, it's like as close to being Scottish without being Scottish as you can get. I Very much. Nice. That's like the Liverpool accent, though. Like it's there are for sure a few times where I had to go back because, like, I'm taking notes and I just don't know what he's saying. <laughs> it's of no fault of his, you know. I'm sure, like, you know, a Boston accent laid thick enough to someone is is tough at times too. <laughs> And then Rimmer is kind of quick to, like, he's trying to, like, kind of just crush his dreams, really. That's all he's doing. And he's mentioning that Fiji recently had, like, a volcanic eruption. It's sitting, like, three feet below sea level. And he's going to have to put the sheep on stilts. And you know what it reminded me of? And, Ferg, I know you'll appreciate it. But um, in Cool Runnings, when he wanted to move into Buckingham Palace, <laughs> he just it was just, like, his dream. He had the, he used to carry this um, photo of Buckingham Palace. That was his goal was to, like, live in this castle. It's like, what, are you going to marry the queen? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I can't believe it's the first time you Cool Runnings has come up. For all the Mighty Ducks references, it's crazy that this is how long it's taken for Cool Runnings. Yeah. Think are you dead, man? <laughs> it was the first oh, thing I thought of man. when that scene played out. It was like, it's it's the same kind of scene. Like, you have the dreamer and then the other guy just has to come in and crush it and ruin it for him. For no reason. You're like, just let a man have his dreams. Well, I think this also kind of sets up, too, that, you know, Lister You ruined isn't... him for me. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, Lister isn't um, annoying. Well, it kind of shows a different dynamic because Lister isn't annoying Rimmer just to annoy him. Rimmer is just as annoying to Lister as Lister is to him. Yeah, for sure. There is a little bit more back. They're polar yeah, opposites. Yeah, he's kind of a but, dick yeah. to Lister. Like, well, I, I don't know. Oh, he definitely we, is. Yeah, I mean, we don't know why. Like, which one came first, right? I imagine right. it's Lister being annoying, but. And know. I think it's just, it's probably just a matter of they're just oil and water. They're just, he, he's they're, they're two different. Natured, like he even like when he's about to take his test, he like wishes him luck and shit. Where he yeah, can't say anything nice to him. Right away, like because yeah, because moment when he actually does wish him luck because he means it. He's not like he breaks mm-hmm. for a second and actually does care. Yeah, and um, so rumors tells him that he has like the brain of a cheese sandwich, and he does this very strange impression <laughs> of him like swimming, and he's doing like a mouse. Ep- it was like I didn't know what that was supposed to be. Cheese sandwich, a cheese sandwich. Yeah. I don't. In Fiji. I get. Yeah, I guess. What, like, what I don't do know. Cheese sandwiches do. You know what? <laughs> it's funny because I actually watched back a video of me doing an impersonation of a cheese sandwich, and it sucks. So I guess I can't do any better than Rimmer <laughs> did there. So all I could think of was all the impersonation you could ever do to be any sort of sentient, like non-sentient food, is just Robin Williams in. I get do an impression of a hot dog. He's, yeah. <laughs> great visual for a podcast guys (laughs) but um but i actually thought in that moment too like at this point i don't know the characters that well but it felt out of character for rimmer to do that you know like he was he was being a little too animated for someone who's always playing so straight and like uptight for him to like do that just didn't it didn't fit but i don't know these characters enough at this point but in my early introduction it seemed weird for him to act that way and he's, he's very high strung at that point because of the test I, yeah I think. He's, he's definitely he's definitely stressed out yeah it's like a stress breaking point so maybe he's acting a little different than usual so then like we see like this head just appear on the screen uh, we, we we later find out that the head's name is holly but yeah it's just like a black screen with just a floating head and he's i would assume he's like the 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 brains of the ship right yeah, he's like the AI intelligence system. in the ship yeah yeah sure and um, steers it courses it everything yeah so he tells everyone he pops up on the screen to tell everyone a welcome back george mcintyre reception um it's gonna take place like in a little bit and george would like to invite everybody including those who didn't make it to his funeral uh so you see the two of them like put their jackets on and head out and at this point i'm a little confused but it's a sci-fi show so you know i'm not thinking too much ahead and now we're in this like cafeteria like setting and i don't know there's like maybe 20-ish people sitting there and they're just talking and eating and we see a guy who, uh, again, I'm looking up his names, but I don't know if they were important characters, but his name was like Peterson. He walks by Rimmer and like glares over it, like all the words written all over his arm. And he kind of like makes a weird look and he sits at a table with Lister and a couple other guys. And I have to point this out. Did you guys notice how fucking hairy this guy's arms are? They were literally the hairiest arms I've ever seen in my life. In my life. You. No, He's I got like it. classic old sailor tattoo arms where like he just has tattoos like right here and like right there. You know what I mean? But he's so hairy that you can't, you can just sort of faintly see that they're there. And I think because he has the tattoos, it like distract, it makes you realize his arms are that hairy. Right. And for those of you listening, right here and right there are his forearm. That's what Joe is pointing <laughs> to when he's saying right here and right there. But uh, yeah, so it's a, it's a visual format. Yeah. So uh, he goes and sits down at the table with the other guys. And they do this like little Lister does this like prank on him. It's like the in uh, intelligence test. So um, I had never seen this before, and I bet this is like a common thing. But it, it got me because I never saw it. 
Lister grabs a coin and he like, you know, sticks it to his forehead until it sticks on him. And he says the way to test your intelligence is to stick the coin to your forehead and then slap the back of your head. And the longer it takes until it falls, the amount of slaps it takes, it, it, you know, proves how intelligent you are. The, the longer it takes, the more intelligent you are. So then he grabs the, the coin after it falls, goes to put it on Peterson's head and he's holding it to his head. He's like, all right, do you feel it? Do you feel it? He's like, yep, yep. And then right as he goes to remove his hand, he takes the coin with him. So now Peterson's sitting there thinking the coin is stuck to his forehead, but in fact, there's nothing there. So now he just starts slapping the back of his own head, waiting for this coin to fall that isn't there anymore, which I thought was a pretty good gag. I had never seen that prank done. No, neither funny. Have I. I was going to tell you that's a really old joke, and then I realized it's a really old joke from this show. Yeah, this, <laughs> like, from, this right is from 1988. <laughs> <laughs> this joke's like 30 years old. <laughs> yeah. And then eventually everyone in like this whole dining area quiets down because the captain stands to say a few words. He says it's a day for both sadness and joy. Sadness because George has passed away, but joy because he's back as a hologram. And he tells everyone like who may not have traveled with a hologram before that they kind of look and sound exactly the same and and they have all the same memories, but um they just can't touch anything. Like they they're they're a hologram, so they can't like physically interact, but the everything visually and spiritually about the person is the same. And then he turns the attention to George, um, who is the person whose funeral we witnessed earlier. And he has an H just like stuck to his forehead, like a metal H, which I guess is to signify that he is a hologram. Yes. That's how they signify it. And, um, he starts, uh, thanking everyone for the marvelous funeral. Cause he just saw the video and he additionally thanks, uh, the captain for the beautiful eulogy and jokes about, how uh, he doesn't know why he didn't use the one he had wrote for him, though. And that got like a little laugh from everybody. And this is when we also find out that a ship can only have one hologram at a time. So he's like, if someone dies, I'll I'll kill you. <laughs> because there's a competition for who gets to be the hologram. I think the competition, too, it's the highest ranking person who dies. Gets to oh, is that how that works? He's, yeah, because they say that. He's like, if anybody with a higher rank than me dies, I'll kill you. Okay. I mean, it makes sense. Well, I guess that's the fair it. the fair way to decide, right? Right, yeah. Like, if the captain dies, you want the captain more than anybody, right? right. Also, speaking of the right. captain, does anybody recognize the captain from this? I'm not He's sure. Don't, oh. no. Only the cat, the only person I recognize. And I'm sorry, oh, cat, because we're we, going to talk about where he's from. We usually sure. we usually do this throughout the episode, and I'm sorry, because we have met a few characters at this point, but I'll say I don't know any of these people from other work they've done, so uh, I apologize. Well, I will say, Lister and Rimmer aren't in a ton of things that a lot of people probably in America have seen. Um, Rimmer is in the Tomb Raider movies. Which I okay. saw the first one, but I haven't. I just not my thing, really. But uh, the captain, who's like kind of a character actory guy, who you'd recognize a bunch. First of all, his name is uh, Mac McDonald, which I just yeah. think is a great name. That's an amazing name. But um, he's one of the main goons in Batman '89. Okay, he's like the guy in the helicopter with the machine gun where they go to the um the one with the long hair and the hat. That's like he's Joker yeah, he's got the two. hat. He's the one who uh, who paints the statue to look like the Joker oh, in get the, the hell uh, out of here. That's funny. Modern art scene. Oh, and he's also in Death Wish 3, which is one of my absolute favorite movies of all time. He's a detective in that. So he's in a bunch of stuff. Uh, he's in Superman Death 4, a real bad Superman. Oh, okay. So uh, that captain, he stands up uh, for like a toast and, you know, everyone stands with him. And then they go to cut a cake, but did you guys, it's like the saddest cake I've ever seen in my life. It was like a gray cross. Like that was the cake they were about to eat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just a crucifix. So it's kind of. It, it was an odd choice for a cake. <laughs> it's his funeral I mean, cake. Yeah, it's his funeral no, cake. It's his, I mean, they just it's recycled his, it. It's his bet. It's his. I'm back cake. <laughs> 
I guess well, it's a matter for him. He can't eat it, right? That's also true, yeah. As a hologram, it mean, doesn't really matter for him. And then um, towards the end of the scene, we also find out a uh, warning from the captain um, because a non-human life form was detected on the ship where Lister is quick to yell out that he thinks it's Rimmer. <laughs> and that was fun. It's just a fun joke you expect. Uh, from there, it cuts to Lister and Rimmer who are back in their room. Rimmer is studying his arms and legs, which are now just covered in notes. It's funny because you mentioned, you know, Memento. It does look a lot like that at this point. And uh, he started to have like a nervous breakdown, essentially, because um, Lister's asleep and he's trying to do his studying and he's talking to himself. He's completely overwhelmed by everything going on. He doesn't understand the work that, you know, this test is on. And he's just talking to himself. He's just kind of breaking down. And then when Lister starts to wake up, he composes himself because he doesn't want to be seen that way. And he makes it look like he's just recapping and finalizing, going through his notes. And then he's completely ready and everything's fine. And then they exchange a few words with each other once he wakes up. And uh, until you hear someone over the PA announce that it's time for everyone uh, taking the exam to report over. And then this it's Holly, right? Uh, yeah, it's probably Holly. I don't think you see his face at that point, but you just hear it. But yeah, yeah. most likely it would be Holly either way, unless someone who works in the ship. I don't know. But uh, you guys referenced it earlier. This is like Lister wishes him good luck in a very non-sarcastic, genuine way. It's and yeah, and Rimmer just kind of replies in this like dickish, overconfident way and, you know, says that he has everything under control. Ernest goes to space. Yeah, and he, he walks uh, he walks out. He walks out, but he heads like to the right and then you see him on camera. And I was going to, I Ferg, literally in my notes, I wrote, Ferg, did this make you laugh? Because it reminded me. Of the monster scene, yeah, it's the monster scene with a with a with a truant officer walks into the closet and then goes, "Oops, I ran in the closet and runs out of the room." It was the same gag, so I, I knew that you would find it funny because you love that one so much. Which then, just like the monsters, we find out that the cat who River's been hiding—it's his cat—is named Frankenstein. Yeah, and I. It, maybe that's that where they got this in, from. That happened actually in the Adams family, not to be a Debbie Downer. Oh, it was the Adams family. Oh, you're correct. You're right. Thanks, you're you big idiots. Take the Womp. Debbie off there, Downer. <laughs> hey, why do you got to rain on our parade there? <laughs> a Frankenstein's a Frankenstein, if you ask me. <laughs> it's a monster show, Gordo. We got the point. We got the point. <laughs> but uh, what happens before you're a hologram? You die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, now that uh, he's alone, Lister opens up um, this like space in the wall. There's like a little grate that he opens and he pulls out his cat, Frankenstein, um, who I assume was the non-human that was detected that they were talking about earlier. And uh, he feeds her some milk and shows her the picture of Fiji. And uh, in that little time where he's talking to the cat, you realize that the cat's pregnant as well. This is another cigarette in the ear scenario, too. Was he? Did he put a cigarette yeah. in his ear again? Yeah. I didn't even yeah. notice it at this point. Why is that a thing? It's just because he's wacky, I think. <laughs> he's wacky with his tobacco. Future. Yeah, future. <laughs> the 90s plus a bunch of years. <laughs> 80s future. <laughs> yeah. So uh, from there, we cut to um, the room where the exam's taking place. And the, the tests are being like passed out. And they're told they have three hours to complete it. And as soon as it begins, Rimmer looks down to start reading the first question and immediately like on his face, you can see like he doesn't know any of the answers and he's like almost wincing in pain. He, like his face, like it's such a strong reaction. He's, he knows he's doomed. Yep. 
<laughs> I know that feeling. Now, is anybody here? I know we all took, I think we all took the SATs at some point. Maybe we all didn't. I mean, this is the last yeah. major test I took. I didn't go to college. This is not like a, you didn't take the SATs shade. It doesn't matter. I took it. I got a terrible grade and I didn't do anything with it anyway. But has anybody had to take like a work test like this before? Because I know it's big in like civil service, right? Like if you're a firefighter or you're a cop or something and you're like advancing, you get these big sort of tests. I don't know if anybody's had that in their job yeah, before. I, I never have. Yeah, I take APCO tests all the time. Well, what are they? A couple of years. APCO tests. Like APCO? Yeah, it's like a, a dispatcher course thing for my certification. Oh, okay. I do monkey work. I don't have to do anything with my brains. I just have to move I things. should be taking those tests for like certifications and stuff, but they scare me, so I pussyfoot around doing it and then never do. So That's fair. <laughs> as long as I keep paying you. One thing, I'm not the smartest person in the world, but I'm very good at tests, so I never have to worry. Are you taking my always, tests for me? <laughs> that's always been my skill set, too. I'm, I'm really good with like standardized tests and stuff. I think it's just a it's just a, a, like a mind frame. I think as long as you go in confident. There's people mm-hmm. that are far smarter than me that just can't do standardized tests. I hate tests in general. They always scare me. I'd rather write a paper. Yeah, I'm the opposite. I agree. Just give me, give me some questions. I'll answer them. No, because there's always a right or a wrong, at least um, like I'm finishing my degree. Like... I'd much rather have a have like a term paper at the end than have to have you know, a hundred questions because there's only right and wrong. At least with a a paper, you have some leeway to demonstrate. Why? A, a paper can be one long wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I guess shades of gray, pal. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah uh, I mean. <laughs> I, no, I, I know. I know what you're saying. You can bullshit a paper to almost make your point, even if it's wrong, or at least yeah, be creative test, with it. Test is is right down the. Yeah, there could right be a point wrong. where the teacher at least understands where you're coming from, or there's like, yeah, it's not completely a hundred percent wrong or right. There are, yeah, you can get points somewhere depending on your description and whatever. Exactly. Yeah, as he looks around, everyone else is kind of filling out their papers, so no one else seems to be having the same struggles he's having. One guy even kind of like turns to him and gives a thumbs up and he's like fully panicked at this point. And, you know, it's almost like uncomfortable to watch how much he's like having a hard time with it. And he finally goes to like raise, you roll up his sleeve to reveal some of the notes he took on his arms and you see everything just smudged off like he must have been perspiring too much. He makes the best face ever when he realizes that he smudged his whole arm. It is yeah. so genuinely pained. Yeah, like I, I don't know how to properly describe it, but it's like the strong. It looks like, like he was in oh, physical no. pain. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, and, I love this whole scene from that point on, though. Like the whole reaction to the handprint and then signing his name. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's that. At that point, he's like, well. He's like, I don't have my notes. So now all this ink that smudged onto his hand when he rolls his sleeve up, he just, yeah, slaps the paper. And now there's this thick, just like, you know, handprint on the piece of paper, signs it, stands up, salutes, passes out. <laughs> just done. <laughs> that that amazing rumor salute, too. But yeah, so now um, in the next scene, we get Lister. He's kind of called to see the captain. And on his way there, he approaches this woman. Uh, Joe, you mentioned her by name earlier. What was it again? Christine Kachansky. Okay. <laughs> and uh, does not say it in his, in his voice. But uh, yeah, so, so they talk, they talk for Revolver. a moment. <laughs> and they have a little bit of uh like a back and forth you can you can tell he's in her and he's flirting with her a bit but i i couldn't tell if she liked him back or not it was it was a little unclear to me but she didn't seem repulsed by him 
she seems like she's playful. She seems this seems to me that like for her it's a work flirt and for him it's something more. Yeah. Like they're in yeah. space. You're just sort of there. It's like being in an office all day. She's flirts with him because it's fun, but it'll never go anywhere. But he's built it up to something bigger. Yeah, like he definitely likes her. She's not repulsed by him by any means, but yeah, she doesn't seem like infatuated him. Uh infatuated by him. But yeah, so the whole thing was like him asking, you know, wh- where the captain's office is and you know, she says it's, you know, that right over there where it's clearly labeled captain's office. So he heads there and as he's talking to the captain, it it comes up right away and he goes, "Hey, where's the cat?" And he's like, "What cat?" And he's like, "Where's the cat?" And he's like, "Not only are you stupid enough to bring a cat and compromise everybody because it's like un um, not a quarantine damn. Yeah, he's, it was unquarantined. He's like, but you were dumb enough to take a photo of yourself with it and send it to our lab to process. <laughs> it's just so funny because that's the equivalence of like like calling out of work and then taking selfies somewhere and then finding it on social media. Yes, which people do all the time. Yeah, people, all the time. Now, people get yeah. fired for that, like on the regular mm-hmm. now. And or then he's like, like how many people got uh, like arrested or fired rather from their jobs for like this is not a political comment, but like the capital stuff, right? People were just like taking selfies, yeah. or whatever. And whether I'm not saying aside or whatever, people were like, oh, you were away from work doing what? Okay, you're fired now because we're getting heat for it, right? Because people now make a document of whatever they're doing for good or bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's. I think the the more common example is when people like skip work to go to a sporting event and then they're oh, seen they're on television TV. yeah it's like ferris bueller's day off i was gonna say just, yeah the, the whole no matter no matter no matter no matter no matter but yeah so um the, the captain asks him again he's like i'm gonna ask you again now holding up the photo of him with the cat he's like where is the cat and the lifter's kind of sticking to his guns he's not gonna tell him where it is Back. and you know yeah he's telling them like again he's not quarantined he wasn't um Depending on where it goes, like it can nibble on the wires somewhere and like send the ship flying backwards at any time. Like there's just too much risk having an animal in there. And then Lister asks, hypothetically, if I did happen to have a cat, like what would happen? And the cat asks that after the picture is shown already. Yeah. Hey, he's he's thinking, I respect that. And, uh, (laughs) <laughs> he's told that essentially the cat's going to be cut up and like tested on. So they're going to kill the cat immediately. And <laughs> like, you got to put it back together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was my favorite line. Well, are you going to put it back together afterwards? <laughs> that was very Homer Simpson. What happens like, to Frankenstein? Here's a cat Officer Simpson. Will it grow back? <laughs> But yeah, so he, Lister, he just can't, he can't do it. He explains his plan uh, for Fiji to the captain, and uh, the cat is part of that plan to him. So the captain explains he pretty much has two options. He either turns in the cat, or he goes into stasis for 18 months, and he has to submit all his wages. And he decides- I love how loyal to this cat he is, though. Yeah. He's like, yeah, fuck it, I'm going- Let's start about it. I'm all for this. Yeah, I'm a dog guy, so in my head, I'll just replace it with a dog. If it was a cat, you could cut it up. I don't care. But uh, Louise, no, I don't. I'm not (laughs) saying that. Not not for real. Not for real. I don't. I don't hate cats. I'm just a dog guy. There was that uh, cats. No, did you see that documentary? Uh, like you can't fuck with cats. People come after you. Oh yeah. I didn't see it, but I, I think it was it. just called like "Don't fuck with cats." No, it, it was. It was. <laughs> the, Jody, the have you not Gordo, seen it? King. I've never heard of this. The way Gordo let in said, "Oh yeah, yeah I didn't see it." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it is. It is completely off topic. It's very, very strange. It's a documentary, and I would highly recommend all of you to watch. And it, it had its heyday like right in the beginning of the pandemic. I think I do remember hearing about it. Yeah. Oh, Tiger King. It, it has say, a lot of cat, the little cat. It has a lot of really graphic. <laughs> disgusting cool animal cruelty stuff in it 
So be warned oh. because yeah, it's, it's uncomfortable. It. Yeah, skip. Yeah, that's why I didn't watch it. It is Big so it is so interesting. I'm telling you guys, give it a shot. I turned my head away a couple times, and I would just tell you guys to do the same to get through those parts. Animal cruelty. I I can't do it. I'm sorry. But I, it's very I, very. I've been watching movies when dogs get like like in horror movies. Um, but I'll I'll explain that to you guys at a different time because this isn't the time or place to go into it. But um. So now he chose, yeah, he chose the cat. So now we're seeing him like heading over to stasis, which he didn't even know exactly what that would mean for him because he asks if it's going to hurt. So like he, regardless of whether or not it did, chose that over giving up the cat, even if it meant 18 months of pain for him. I mean, it was the cat and its baby. He's a real hero. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Pregnant cat. And this seems to be a whole lot better than uh, what Sylvester Stallone gets in Demolition Man. Yeah, he's not frozen. He's like literally like stopped in time. Yeah. When, he, when he does come yeah. out, he's just like, oh, I was asleep. What year is it? Where it's not like in Demolition Man where he's like, I was screaming for 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh my God. Yeah, I wife hit the glass. <laughs> but, but but before we get into that, I do want to mention that as he's like heading towards the stasis, uh, the stasis chamber, that we see Rimmer being like wheeled off in like a medical gurney, like after his like little passing out incident, and he's basically delirious still uh, coming out of that. <laughs> And he's under the impression he did good on the test. I don't think he's actually under the impression he did good, but he just needs to... It's like when he lies to Lister throughout the episode about his confidence. I think he's just following through with, no, I did a good job. I did a good job. I love, too, that first stasis, because it's like a vacation, Lister shows up in a Hawaiian shirt. Is that... I just thought that's his general style when he's not in his work clothes. Well, I mean, he could have shown up in his work clothes. I mean, he was a work-sanctioned thing, right? But he, he usually is wearing, like, a button-up shirt with a t-shirt under it, but he goes full-on... Hawaiian shirt like no, he goes in vacation that, mode that's for what, this thing. Jay's right that's what he would wear normally and he's being punished so he'd be like it's almost like they would they would have stripped him of his uniform yeah he's like off yeah. the clock yeah oh I guess it makes sense too yeah like you don't get the dignity of wearing your uniform yeah but like the stasis chamber I don't know to explain it to you guys was it was like just a little bit bigger than maybe a phone booth and it's just kind of this yeah chamber that you stand in and it shuts and um yeah he didn't know if it was gonna hurt but that's when, you know, we talk about it. He's basically just frozen in time. There was a lot of technical kind of jargon thrown in there that I, I a lot of it escaped me because it was first in a thick British accent and being spoken very quickly. So I, I missed a little bit of it. But essentially, yeah, he's frozen in time. He exists, you know, as a, as a being, but as far as he's concerned, like he won't know anything happened. He's just going to flash right out of it, which isn't even the worst punishment, right? <laughs> like you're here for 18 no, months. That's pretty chill. Yeah. You're not going to know you were in there for 18 months. It's going to feel like a second. You're not going to age. It's not like you're in the brig or anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It would be like the brig and no pay would be punishment. Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't age or anything either. Like, so that's not bad. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you get the skip time and the cat doesn't get died. It's almost like he's rewarded. The only thing he lost is his pay, which he doesn't even realize because he's out of time. Right. So he goes in there. in his bank account, which technically, if it was in a bank account, would be accruing interest while he's in the Yeah. He's going to make some money. Not a ton over 18 months, but you know, still. But yeah. So the door shuts and you just kind of see his head through the window and he like gives like a little wave and we cut to this exterior shot again, like like in the intro of the ship going by and it cuts right back to him, like right where we left off. And it looks like just a second has passed because you know, for him, that's what it felt like. And he comes out and he's being spoken to by Holly, the, like the floating head AI in the ship. And he's walking around and he he can't find anybody. He's all alone. And he's like, where is everyone? And that's when he finds out that in his time in there, everyone had died, that uh, there was an issue with one of the plates wasn't um, repaired properly. And it let, elements get in that like killed everybody on site basically radioactive radi- radiation yeah right yeah, they get radiation poisoning from a loose drive plate 
And as he's walking by, you see these like little lumps of, it almost looks like lumps of cocaine all over desks and stuff. And he's like, keeps like dipping his finger in them and like licking them as he's walking around, which I thought regardless of what it ends up being is so odd that you would make that choice as a human being like oh a lump of because it could just have been dirt or anything <laughs> and like, poison. yeah and you just yeah. keep dipping yeah. your finger in it and licking it it's not like there was just going to be big piles of fun dip everywhere that's what i was going to say i was trying to say what's the candy where kids you you lick the stick and stuck yeah. it into that's what he's treating it like Do they still yeah exactly that? probably yep. probably i'm sure I, I can't imagine i would like it now at this what the age, hell is that I called love it as a kid fun, fun, dip. Dip. fun, dip. fun dip. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it's delicious i had it recently but i like as, <laughs> as he was walking around <laughs> And it has nothing to do with his son. He just went and bought some fun. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I that, stole it from my son. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you can't have this. I'm throwing it away yeah. down my throat. But there's a there's a bit as he's walking around and doing all this because he keeps asking about everybody like one by one. Like, oh, the captain. It's like everybody's dead. Dave. Lister's first name is Dave. Which um, and he's this like, what about this person? Famous. It's probably the most famous thing of this show too. Like, I bet it was. The, I, the I felt like this is probably something that is on shirts and stuff easily findable. That was my yeah. assumption. But it was like he was everybody's listing everybody. Dead Dave. Everybody's dead, dead Dave. Dave. Everybody's yeah. dead Dave. Over and over and over again. And then he sits down and he asks, like, what is this? You know, pointing at one of these piles. And it's, you know, as I would have assumed at that point, that's what happened to all the crew members and they became these piles of dust. He's like, I've been eating this? <laughs> you let me keep eating them? This is my favorite joke in the whole episode, too, is when he points out the one for Christine Kachansky, which is like the next part right there. And then you really get where Holly's going to go in the show going forward, too. He's like, well, she's not going to be very good on Fiji now unless it snows and you need something to grit the path. And then when he gets mad at him, about it, he's like, I'm sorry, I've been alone for three million years. I think I've gone a bit peculiar, which is such an English <laughs> I love expression. That line. Yeah, it's, a, it's so a lot of time to be lost in your thoughts, whether you're a, an actual human or AI. And also, I, I want to mention that throughout all this, we find out that it wasn't 18 months. He's actually been in there for three million years. Until the radiation dies down. I love yeah. that they, they picked such a ridiculous amount of time. Like, oh, it's it's been 50 years. It's been 100 years. No, it's been 3 million years. <laughs> That's yeah. such an yeah. insane thing. And, um, and then we find out that he's not actually alone on the ship because as we did learn in the beginning... There can always be one hologram on the ship at a time. And this is why I'm a little confused because we said earlier that it would How be the highest. How did he get to be the hologram is what Exactly, because yeah. we thought it would be the highest ranking person, but we know this person was not the highest ranking person. It's Rimmer. Rimmer becomes the hologram. So now Rimmer walks if up. it's the next most highest ranking because he would have been one tiny step above him. He was only one tiny step above Well, no, Lister. how did the original hologram die? George, uh... They never well, said how I, he died. I always got the um, impression that he was just activated as a hologram because he's not like, he doesn't have knowledge of the past million years. So I figured that he was just activated as, as I know they're not actually friends, but as his friend by I the ship AI. Like, why? That makes the most sense, yeah. Or be his closest person. So he's not by himself. Yeah. Because yeah, you see Rimmer show up and now he has the same metal H on his forehead that we had seen George have earlier in the episode i don't think we mentioned this when we talked about the h earlier but again why this show is so great where they'll go to the the hologram uh visuals are great the tv on the wall is great but then pulling up straws or just gluing a metal h to his forehead are (laughs) so that would be so annoying as an actor too like that would be that would drive me nuts to have something you know, you know that phone. fell off a hundred times oh yeah, oh, yeah all yeah. day long yeah <laughs> he would sneeze and that thing would go flying or like right. how many times did it fall into the toilet while he was peeing and like then what do you do <laughs> <laughs> <P-head>. 
And then I like that as soon as like Rimmer shows up, he's like really quick to just blame Lister for everything. And that, you know, had he not gone into stasis, he would have been there to help him repair the plate. And like, his, it was Rimmer who incorrectly repaired the plate. Uh, I don't know if I had mentioned that earlier. So you essentially yeah. it's, it's his fault that everything went down. He killed everybody. <laughs> Which I think is an interesting dynamic, right? For that character, because he's the straight lace particular one. Like when we saw the straws at the top of the episode, but he's also terrible he, he can never pass this test he's he's the one who messed up and caused everyone to die like as much as he's the proper one he's a complete fuck up himself yeah what's what's the term uh he's got um delusions of grandeur like yeah he yeah. thinks he's really like smart but he's a big fuck up too like right there's a yeah, reason that the, the two of them are the same ranking at that place you know what i mean like yeah. there's a reason they hold the same job but then um he asks what it's like and he says death it's like being on holiday with a bunch of germans <laughs> <laughs> which uh i know i don't think you guys have gone back and i don't think anybody here gordo i know has seen it but if anybody has watched more faulty towers no nope. uh, yeah the episode called the germans is by far the most famous and funniest episode of that show but the british will not and, and rightfully so do not give up on their mad hate of the germans from world war ii like <laughs> yeah. that shit is just never going away yeah. like this is 1988 so you're what 43 years after world war ii ended and these actors were not alive they have inherited hate from their parents and everyone's right. still so mad at the germans <laughs> yep and uh mention the war and uh by the way uh yeah faulty tower is one of our earlier episodes uh but you can find it first if you five i think right it's up there. It's seven. pretty early. It's our second cycle of shows. I know. Yeah, that. so it's it is okay, pretty so early on. Ten. So you know, head on over and you can check that one out. Uh, if you want to scroll down in the feed a little bit, you'll find it. But uh, he corrects me. Says no, not not what death is like. What's it like being a hologram? And he that's when you know we said it at the very beginning. They have this effect. He puts his hand through them, and uh, if you pay attention, you could tell that there was an effect that was about to happen. But they did a pretty good job, especially for a sitcom in 1988, which I assume the budget wasn't that strong for. Especially for a pilot episode. For a pilot, especially, yeah. It's also and, uh, he's going through the things he thinks he'll never, or he knows he'll never be able to do again, and one of them is he'll never be able to interfere with a woman sexually ever again, which yeah, is the yeah. weirdest way to put that. Yeah, because he had said that, like, you know, like, he all his thoughts and emotions are the same, but yeah, like, because he can never touch anything. And the, that part in particular, the interfere with a woman, is that, a, is that another term that might be said like over there? I don't or British. I don't think it's sketchy but it sounds sketchy but i don't think it's right. me meant to be yeah it comes off so weird to say interfere because interfere is a negative but yeah, i think it's got to be like a colloquialism or just like a different you know language barrier thing it's there's no way because i mean i don't think he means that he's such a hard right yeah character. exactly and then you know lizard's telling him you need to look on the bright side you know you're dead but you're not like dead dead because he still you know exists in some sort of consciousness as a hologram and he said there was plenty of people that were holograms that went on to do some great things so rimmer is kind of on board and he he sees um you know maybe a little bit of a of a bright side there and he says you know what i need to just pull myself together and but i'm gonna need you to be like my hands and my touch and he's like i've seen the things that you touch i refuse to do that <laughs> so then, i'm looking up a uh just to let you guys know i'm looking up the the uh from anglotopia okay Brit so it, slang british slang in the bedroom the big list of 71 british 
uh, sexual terms. S- sit tight, everyone. Gordo's going to read 71 different terms. <laughs> I was going to say, everybody's get comfy. He can't get through the title before I fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> no, now I just lost the one that I was going to because I went up and it, I'll be back. Hold on. Oh, guys, I found it. Ring piece is the anus. <laughs> <laughs> And apparently there is also another term, which is all fur coat, no knickers, which is a woman who looks good on the surface, but has no substance. Oh, I thought that would be a like a pubic reference. Yeah, I thought it was too. too. Yeah. I, I was too. Leave it to the British. Yeah. They also <laughs> called the anus the balloon knot. I've, I've heard, heard that. Before. I've heard that. All right. Well, let's let's move I'm, past that. Unless okay. you have unless you have one more that you really want to get out. Pick a good one, Gordo. Go ahead, Gordo. You got one more. Okay. All right. Hold on. <laughs> the clung is a very rude word for the female vagina. Oh, like she's well clung. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not to be used in polite or even impolite conversation. I'm sorry, because if people if if we're using words that are like so highly offensive, because I know we get some listeners overseas, so I apologize if anything we said is like drastically offensive. Um, Deal with your smegheads. We're, we're yeah, we're we're ignorant smegheads. I yeah, apologize. Isn't yeah, that the noise C- they make on Law and Order? It's like clung clung. C l u n g e. I'd imagine that's how you would. That say you, you know what? That's going to be the thing. Is not only are we saying this highly offensive term, we're probably we're saying it wrong it incorrectly as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is, but correct us not on we media. go on yeah. <laughs> yeah, just go to, yeah go to s1e1pod on uh instagram twitter anything like that s1e1pod.com at gordo for being the offensive yeah find there. gordo directly we follow him on instagram to, you know message him directly on his personal account slide to the dms the wobton so, raid <laughs> so uh, so anyways uh rimmer then asked lister if he's smoking in the drive room and he's like yeah i stopped for quite a while but i'm back on it now which i thought was pretty funny because he had just been frozen take three million years off yeah he, he didn't smoke for three million years you would have thought that at least a psychological and physical uh addiction would be gone but uh yeah so rimmer goes to write a report and i, I did like this because he at that moment, he realized he can never write a report again, which is maybe one of his one of his funnest uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, hobbies. But he also yeah. has an entire AI computer around him where you think the next move would be like, Holly, take a note right. in my reports folder. But I mean, like, that was the thing. Who's he going to report to? Nobody. Yeah, he's yeah. the highest yeah. in charge. Yeah. Yeah. He's just programmed that way. That's just how his brain works. But it's the best thing. It's like the funniest fate to happen to a guy like that, right? Like now exactly. you're the highest in charge and no one can ever be more in charge than you, but you're a hologram and you can't enforce any of this. Worse than the fact that he can never touch a rose to his face or hold a child or interfere with a woman sexually. <laughs> he can never write a report again. Right in her clung. Right, Cordell? Yeah. Yeah, right in her clung. <laughs> Burying us deeper with the clung. Yeah, we don't know how bad that is. <laughs> we just keep yeah, saying it. No. But uh, I know. Yeah, canceled off of clung? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know so imagine. Uh, so that's when Lester says, you know, I know it's wrong to speak ill of the dead, but you're still a smeghead. <laughs> and uh, you see them like now there's a shot of them like walking by and arguing and um, a vent pops open as they like come off scene. And there's this guy in a pink suit and bow tie pops out and he has kind of like these like fang like teeth and he's almost like... Um, so yeah, I don't know. He he got kind of like a little Richard James Brown like vibe. I don't know how you guys would better describe him, but I think no, that's, that's the exactly perfect it. combo. He does great. Uh, Denny John Jewell, star of Blade Two. He I was does. Say, uh, this was not the last time he wore fangs. Yeah. I remember we saw Blade 2 in the theater together, all of us, and I was like, I, I popped when he came on he the screen. Because I was like, holy Asad. shit. 
member of the blood pack. Yep. But yeah, the so, best. Wow. Yeah, he's doing a lot of those. And uh, yeah, because he was talking to himself for like quite a while. He's very animated. And he's like, I'm looking nice. My shadow's looking nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this way. He, reminded, he just reminds me of like the villain from an old drug PSA. Like, <laughs> <laughs> He's the cat man of the scat man. <laughs> yeah. He's like he's like little Richard trying to act like dude love, and uh, <laughs> he does have a dude love vibe going on. I would love if Mick Foley was actually basing dude love on Cat from Red Dwarf. That would <laughs> yeah. make me love him so much more. And uh, as this guy's running around, just yelling like this way. <laughs> He eventually, like, finds the two guys, and uh, they're, they're, like, terrified at first, and uh, they run off immediately because <laughs> the cat goes to do, like, yeah, uh, almost like if you told, like, a like a young child to act like a monster, he, like, raises his hands and, like, opens his mouth, like, that's, like, <laughs> the what he did to, he's like, I gotta look big, and he just <laughs> raises his arms up. Big. That's another one, too. That's we talk about, like, how do. we quote this show all the time. Most of the quotes are also the cat, though, because we have a cat, right? So you're constantly just, like, whenever he does that thing where he gets big, you're like, oh, better make myself look big. Like, everything he says is just so fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. And, and also, uh, not to jump ahead, but in the show, this gag gets funnier and funnier as they find better ways to make a human do what a cat would do if they were a human. <laughs> and it, it always pays off very well. This is, like, a good running joke. So I'll say this, as far as is his name just the cat like does he does he yeah, have cat. a name okay cat yeah. uh as we first meet cat i found it kind of funny but i thought it was a little too over the top for a while like it was like very I feel very like he didn't wild. really get any direction on how to be this character and just kind of like figured something out and it well, i because i agree like that was not the best thinking about it it's funny but like watching it it was not done well and it like it threw just, me off yeah it was awkward it's supposed to be. He's never met another human being or any other creature. He's been alone on that ship since birth. No, he went to cat school. We find that out later. Like other he, cats, yeah. yeah. Which does lead the question: Why is he alone on the ship? It was asked, and we'll I get think into. They we'll address it later. Yeah, on. he asked. We'll get into that in a moment. But because uh, Holly tells the two that um, when everything had happened on the ship where everyone had died, that Frankenstein, the cat, and her kitten survived. And they had been breeding for three million years. So, like, much like how we evolved from ape, there would be this form of human or whatever he is evolved from cats. Yeah. Like the Mario Brothers movie where dinosaurs evolved to humans instead. Yeah, but this was just one one cat that was pregnant. So now there's just like three million years of incestuous cat play. So I was That's going to say, no, yeah, I was going with animals. But I even like both. that tight in line, really? Like meow, 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 stepsister. Meow, meow, meow. <laughs> hey, so, my little uh, cat body stuck under the bed. <laughs> 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 now I'm, I'm stuck in the dryer. <laughs> but two people that, that hate that kind of porn so much, you sure know everything. They do step. talk about it a lot. Gordo's been yeah. trying to get a sentence out for 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, I well, if his sentence say, wasn't stuck under the bed, he could... <laughs> Damn. Sorry, Gordon. Go ahead. I was going to say, according to IMDb, there are factual errors in this episode as it pertains to Cat. Cat is supposedly a descendant from Lister's Cat three million years earlier. There wouldn't be enough genetic diversity in such a scenario, and the increasing levels of inbreeding would have wiped the cats out long before evolving into humanoid forms. <clears throat> okay. I, what nerd yeah. wrote that? Future. <laughs> 
Uh, apparently... <laughs> Written by M. Gordon. <laughs> it doesn't say I was looking for that. This is inaccurate. <laughs> five of 21 people found this interesting. Can you imagine, though, like a world where they're watching the show where a uh, uh, cat's evolved into this like little Richard-like human? It's like, something's not right here. Let me yeah. check out the genetic structure of cats. <laughs> like, that's the issue with them. It's meanwhile, a hologram's there. People have been turned Richard. to dust. Yeah. Hold the phone, everybody. <laughs> fucking nerd. I'm on IMDb right now. Whoever wrote that could suck it. Up the clung. Not only did it bother them, they had to write an article about it. Well, there's another one, too, that's even, like, worse, that only one of three people found interesting. <laughs> Um, which basically just says, um, you know, the same thing, but in a longer uh, paragraph, but just saying that his existence is inconsistent. Okay, why don't you add five people to that that don't find it interesting? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so moving on, uh, as Cat uh, as uh, walks into the room where they're all... Uh, where Rimmer and Lister were, where they were talking to Holly. Uh, Rimmer goes to like attack him by like running up to give him like some sort of a karate chop, but Rimmer is now a hologram, so he just ran straight through him. And then, uh, at him. yeah, and it cuts to a little bit later on, and Lister's pouring him a bowl of milk, and um, he pour he originally goes to put it on the floor, and no, Cat's he pours like him a bowl of Krispies. Without, oh, I just saw like the milk part. So Krispies, what what's that like cereal? It's just cat food, I think. Maybe that's what they call it. Oh, all right. So, uh, but he goes to put it on the floor, and then he's like, "Is that how you like uh, monkeys eat? <laughs> like uh, the people who evolved from like monkeys?" So he puts it on the table uh, for him. And um, Lister wants to know if there's any more of them there. Like, so we did talk about this earlier. Like, did they all die? Like, what happened? Well, the, and, you, you missed a, a great thing though. He puts it on the floor, and then he's like, "What are you? You eat like this on the floor? What's wrong with you?" But then he puts it on the table. But then he eats like a cat with those hands. Like he just shoves <laughs> yeah. his face into it, which is the good gag. There. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, Rimmer, he doesn't really care if there's any more of them or what like he cuts it off before he can answer even though like these are all very important questions because he tells him that like this cat's going um like we're kicking him off the ship anyways but lister is quick to tell him like absolutely not like he's coming with us back to earth he's like i still have a cat and i still have a plan yeah because yeah. rimmer rimmer's like all right if this is what like a cat turned into after three million years like what do you think the people on earth are like like we shouldn't even go there like you're gonna you're basically just gonna be like slime over there i call them the Fair primordial enough. ooze yeah so and but lister doesn't care he, you know he said he still has a plan and he still has a cat it, it's not frankenstein but it's a cat and that's when cat goes frankenstein the holy mother the virgin birth he's like i remember this from kitty school so uh you know basically what what had happened was like the legend of Frankenstein was um she was saved by Cloister the Stupid and who was frozen in time and gave his life so that they could all live. So Cloister the Stupid is Lister. Like that's just how stupid. Yeah. He's like, that's me, I'm Lister the Stupid. <laughs> and then instead of Fiji, it's Fuchsial. Yes, because uh but but there was a uh, part of the legend is that he would return one day to uh take them to the promised land. And um, so, yeah, so basically, like, his dreams to go to Fiji have become, like, legend in the cat-human world. So now all the more so he's inspired, like, like that's it. And he tells Holly, like, you know, set the maps to send us to Fiji. It's like, the slime is coming home. And uh, that was the close of that episode. So anything else you guys want to say about Red Dwarf as a whole? Um, like I said, I'm the only one who wasn't really familiar with the show at all. Nick, you also hadn't seen it. I know you guys are very 
into it. So, you know, we discussed the pilot just as is, but was the pilot like far different from like where the show went immediately after? Like, you know, anything you guys want to talk about? Well, like this show was a lot of setup for what the show be is like the rest of the yeah. show is them like traveling through space and like one thing i hate is that it doesn't have the pilot doesn't have my favorite character which is the like android Crichton. <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. another one of my favorite lines that i use all the time is a, is a Crichton line which is another line about heaven because the show definitely delves deep into <laughs> like a sort of subversive religious thing a lot but not to give any spoilers or anything but like if you want to know if you think this show is going to get even more wild like there are robots they go back in time at one point jfk gets involved like the show is <laughs> wild and it is so fun and i don't want to like give away anything about that because i really think it's worth seeing the jfk story arc especially is mind-blowing the conclusion of it um yeah and a lot of the characters from the first episode the pilot do come back like i said kachansky comes back and they're always still trying to get back to earth and go to fiji the cat only gets funnier it's uh it's really a really wild show and as somebody who does not like sci-fi as a genre for the most part i think it's super good holly gets really funny too as the show progresses too and then she eventually becomes a girl yep holly changes um because there was a falling out with the actor yeah and yeah well there was a falling out i guess between the actor that played um the original holly and they um i guess he didn't want to go to rehearsals from edinburgh uh and the producers just wrote him out and wrote someone else in but that's uh you know but he gets really really funny too yeah that holly becomes a way bigger character in the show holly becomes like part of it becomes basically an ensemble show right where it's the four main characters are those four because now it's all that's left and they all get equal time and they're all very well done and i don't want to get too into spoilers because you know we you know we try to just stick to the pilot but you know for something like this thought it would be interesting because the show for a show that only has i forget what i said it was 70 four episodes so far it but the show's been on since 1988 it you know again we've talked in the past about how like british shows just operate different they're very very short series that you know they kind of space them out but uh for a show that's lasted that long obviously there's some sort of a lore to it and uh you know i will say having watched the episode and before we get into our green light segment uh pretty simple as far like the sets themselves even though it was on a spaceship and they look decent for what they were nothing extravagant like uh their use of effects was really good but um pretty simple sets but everything worked it it worked within their their genre for sure and i will say too i forgot until today when we were talking about the show but i definitely have red dwarf books downstairs um because like you know just like any type of shows like this right where like or james bond or anything else they're like oh let's just write a bunch of like spin-off novels because it'll keep something going in the time between the seasons it's like i've read a few different red dwarf novels too just because the tone's so funny out of curiosity you guys know um for a show that has been around for over 30 years at this point 30 what almost 34 years is there a reason that there's only 70 something episodes even with the shorter uk style of television series there was a huge gap between the original show because it basically ends yeah it wasn't con it wasn't a consistent like 30 years Got it. okay yeah, yeah. there's like a couple of years between seasons but it was always pretty much the same until the eighth season and then there was like a 20 year gap got it okay and, okay and only the real reason it came back is especially in the uk there's like an insanely loyal diehard fan base and they essentially just saw the money they can you know they're like well people love this show why not bring it back especially with like things like doctor who which we referenced 
which has gone on for so many years. And they're like, well, we can wait 10 years. We can change the characters. We can do all this stuff. So got it. I think it was more of a case of that. And this is one of those shows too, where like, again, you think like, Oh, who watches this? Whatever. Like just type in red dwarf into like Etsy or something. And you're going to find like 50 pages of people making mugs and t-shirts and patches. Like it's a really big show. with just weird, underground yeah well uh to anyone from that universe if you've discovered our episode welcome and uh thanks for giving us a listen and uh we hope you stick around for future episodes and listen to some of the ones from the past um so let's get into the green light or cancel segment of our show i'll go on the order i see you guys gordo starting with you green light um to to peel back the curtain this is my show um as i mentioned earlier um i stole the uh netflix uh series of it the netflix uh dvds uh because i liked it so much uh i've seen it through i think until the eighth season i don't think i've seen past that but uh it's funny it's interesting um it only gets better and it only gets funnier so green light for me ferg yeah, green light. I love British TV, British comedies. I love sci-fi. Uh, great cast. Like I said, I've, I've watched the original eight seasons. Um, I watched a few of the specials. I haven't seen the newest one, which I need to check out. I've seen pictures. It's funny how much they've aged, but you know that's how time works. But uh, even yeah, as a hologram, such a yeah, <laughs> such a big part of my childhood. Like, I wa- I used to watch this all the time. Um, and unlike Perfect Strangers, like I, it wasn't just member berries because I still enjoyed this very much. So yeah, easy green light. Joe. Yeah, I mean, I agree very much with Gordo and uh, Ferg's points, right? A big part of my childhood, it's not just one of those shows that you were like, I loved that. And then you watch an episode and you feel bad, right? You're like, oh, God, hey, dude, it's terrible. Why did, why did I rewatch that and ruin it? Like, you always rewatch Red Dwarf if it's ever on. Like I said, we reference it constantly still to this day. Um, and also a show I loved watching. Like, as a kid, I have, like, real good memories of watching it with my family on Tuesday nights or whatever on PBS. So that has that emotional place too. And now when I go to my parents' house for Christmas, I'm going to have to dig through more boxes to find my box set so I can rewatch seasons one through eight again. And I have seen like Ferg some of the specials. I haven't seen the newest one. So maybe that'll be a plan this weekend. So a huge green light for me. Nick. Smegheads. So, like I said at the top of the show, I had always wanted to watch this show. Always heard about it. Always seen it referenced. Um, and in watching it, I was a little underwhelmed, and I think maybe I just kind of built it up too much in my head. Having said that, I don't think it was bad. I it was uh, it was goofy, kitschy. It was it seems like one of those shows that is going to do a good job of keeping you entertained. I guess I, mean, I know that's the point of a TV show, but um, I I can see a good future for this show, and I do want to keep watching it. So it's going to be a green light for me too. All right, well, uh, now it's down to me, and I have a bit of past of a past with um, some of the past British shows we've done. That being said, this time I'm giving it a green light, and I don't know what it was because, it, and it's funny because I'm not a sci-fi guy either. I'm not a like I like I like I love Star Wars, but a lot of like sci-fi television shows just don't do it for me. It it didn't have like the dryness that some of these other shows have. I don't know. I just really a lot of the jokes resonated with me. I really enjoyed it. Will I like go immediately into watching it? I don't know for sure, but like I am more curious and open to watching it. Um, so as far as like that general genre goes, that's a big step for me. So that's uh that's five for five, guys. We we gave it a perfect score. I'm happy to hear that. So congratulations to Red Dwarf. You pass. You go on to uh, episode two. So that's it. That's all the time we have this week, guys. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. If you want to listen to more of us, go to s one one podcom 
That's where you can find the links to everywhere we can follow us on social media. Please spread the word, rate, review, subscribe, do everything in correspondence to all the links that we have posted on there. We very much appreciate it. We appreciate everybody who's found us recently and started listening. It's been really awesome. Again, spread the word. Thank you, everyone. We'll catch you next week. Goodbye. I think we go with the best walrus. <laughs> Latest, Megan. <Smith. laughs>